0: Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.father'shouseportland.org. Church called an ark and a lot of them call it they, they, they name it for an apostolic resource center uh, whenever god is about to do something transformational he builds an ark that happened with noah's day he was about to recreate the earth when he was about to birth the church he built an ark in an upper room where people stood there for, for, and, and prayed and fast and that became an ark out of which the church was born but for us, thank you so much, for us, art means to be called to be an awakening Reformation church. See, when we are revived, we go into the world and we awaken lost souls to the glory of Jesus. And those lost souls help us bring reformation that aligns things back to the original purpose of Jesus. And a church, that is actually what the church was called to do. Because when Jesus says, I will build my church, he was speaking of a Roman model, a Roman group of people who were cultural experts on bringing transformation so that that each city would look like Rome. He says, I will build a church that will make every city look like heaven. We haven't taught that a lot, but that's what we're about. That's what this church is about. And before, and so I just want to say this morning, I believe that God is going to do something really powerful. But before I do that, I just learned that one of my, our dear friends, he was a prophet to this house. Uh, some of you guys know him, don't know him, Bob Isabel. His dear wife just passed on to be with Jesus. So we're just going to pray over Bob right now. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your servant, Jane, that you took home to be with you. Lord, we pray for Bob and the kids left behind. We ask that Jesus, that right now, by the power of your spirit, Lord, you would elevate him to the greatest heights. He could go in you. That he would see what you want him to see in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, I'll get back to what I was saying. Uh, I believe that awakening and reformation comes because there's a people who are revived. They're made alive again. And that is what this glory fire outpouring we've been talking about uh, is is all about. Can you give me that? Because I'm choking on. I I, I ate a little little bar. You know, ever since I've been having the things, the physical stuff, I got to like eat little bits here and there for strength and energy. And now I'm choking on the little bar. All right. So we're speaking about Glory, fire. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does glory, fire mean? Last week we spoke spoke about the fire of God. But I'm speaking about something right here that this fire brings that reveals and carries the glory of God. Last week we demystified the fire of God because we said the fire of God is actually the essence and substance part of who God is. There's a scripture. (coughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe some regular water. (coughs) Hebrews 12. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence enough. For our God is what? God is a consuming fire. It says God doesn't just carry fire. He is a consuming fire. Yeah. Come on. Just as God is love, and love does not exist in the universe without God, just as God is life, and life does not exist in this universe without without God, just as God is light, and light does not exist in the universe without God, God is fire. Yeah. Woo! And God wants to give us a revelation of, of his fire. Come on. Because his fire makes us burn with what's in His heart. In His fire is His desire. When I begin to burn with the heart of God, suddenly my heart starts to beat, that none should perish. Suddenly my heart starts to beat, that the glory of the Lord would fill all the earth as the waters covers the sea. Suddenly my heart starts to beat, and when I start to beat with His heart, <coughs> I am purified. Come on, the fire purifies me. It makes me look like me and the stuff I'm hanging on to is lame. Compared to the glory he's got for me. This outpouring of this fire is not about a visitation, but a habitation for transformation and transfiguration. Come on. Can I say that again? It's not about a visitation, but a habitation for transformation and transfiguration. Because that is what the glory of God does. He's about an ever-increasing glory. That's why this move of God will contain everything that the other moves of God had. talked about that. It'll contain what Azusa Street had. It'll contain what the Second Great Awakening had. It'll contain what all those tent revivals of the 50s had. But it also will contain what we have not seen yet. It will also contain what we have not imagined yet. Because with God, there's always more glory. So, Paul speaks about more of the glory, the more glory. And I sent out a text last night like, hey, guys, read this. So you're prepared in your heart to kind of soak the scripture because this is where we're launching off of today. In 2 Corinthians 3, Paul is speaking about when the people of Israel came up to the mountain of the Lord, to Mount Sinai, it was weird. (laughs) There was fire, and there was smoke, and there was thunder, and there was trumpets, and then let's say, ah! Moses, you go. We'll do whatever God says. God invited all of them to come yep, right. into the fire. Yep. God invited all of them to come into the glory and the way the glory is manifested. And we're going to talk about what the glory looks like here in a minute, just in case you just, like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. But here, here it is. He, 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 he's speaking of that, and Moses comes out of that. He meets with God. God gives him the law, the Ten Commandments. And when he comes, how he is radiating with glory to the point that says, Moses, cover yourself. Because we can't gaze upon you. We can't look upon you because the glory is too intense. Okay, that's the backdrop. Are we ready? We're going we're gonna to read this. Here we go. So, Marissa, if you could follow. Second since 3, starting with verse 7. Now if the ministry of death, carved with letters on stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze on Moses' face because of the glory which was being brought to an end. And what is it's like the ministry of death? Well, what was the law? The law was that stuff we could not keep. The law said God is righteous, be like him. But but it was all meant to reveal the fact that we cannot do it by our own strength. That we can only do it through the grace of God who works in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. It was was a setup for Jesus to come to the earth. Come on. For if there's glory in in the ministry of condemnation, the law condemned us. The law says you can't do it. The ministry of righteousness is far must exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has, had come to no glory at all. In other words, Moses' glory actually diminished. And he kept the veil even after it diminished. Because he was like, oh no, the glory has gone. What do I do? How much more? That which is permanent will have glory. How much more of the new covenant of Christ in us will have glory? Come on. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, who would put on a veil over his face so the Israelites might not not gaze at, at the outcome that was being brought to an end. In other words, of the fading glory. But their minds were hardened. And even to this day, when they read the old covenant... The same veil remains unlifted because only that which through Christ is can be taken, it's taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, the veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. And now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. From one degree of glory to another, and this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Father, I pray that these words today will become life and truth to us, Lord, that they would not be a story in a Bible, but they shall become, Lord, the blueprint for this fire glory that you're calling your church to carry in this hour, and I pray, Lord, you would reveal this by your Holy Spirit today in Jesus' name. God's will for you and me is that we would know his glory. For the Lord shall know the glory. That word know is yada. That means to have an intimate experience with his glory. To experience his glory and to be transfigured by his glory. Because the word there, transformed, is this very same word as transfigured. And what do I mean by transfigured? What happened when Jesus takes John, Peter, John, and, and James up to the mountain? Jesus suddenly is transfigured into who he really is. Because, we you know, we got hippie Jesus hanging out. You know, he's got the long... Probably didn't really have long hair, but it's okay. Uh, It's You know, our our nice Western images of Jesus. and and Jesus, all of a sudden, he's transformed, and he says that he radiated as the sun. Come on. The very same Jesus you see in the book of Revelations, whose eyes are a flame of fire, whose voice is like the mighty waters. Suddenly, that Jesus is revealed. He's transfigured in that place. Why did Jesus do that? To reveal who he's really like. To reveal the glory of the Father that he carries. Because the Bible says what I read last week is the exact image. He is the stamp and the exact representation of the Father. And he wants to give us a revelation of what he wants to do in all of us. Come on. Our transformation is progressive. We go from glory to glory. So therefore we must not settle with the glory we've obtained. We must not settle with the revelation that we have. We must not settle with the experiences that we've had, the miracles that we've experienced, because there's always more. There's always more. And this is why the Lord has called us to host every every weekend this summer, to host a revival weekend. Why? Because we want to come more alive in him. We want to say, God, whatever's asleep in me, wake it up, wake it up. Shh. Come on, because I want to be transfigured. Because it is a process. Just like we come into the kingdom of God through salvation, which is free in Christ Jesus. He who believes in me shall never perish, but shall have everlasting life. But, but that, that, that isn't in there. We're also delivered from all the works of Darkness. We're also delivered from oppression. We're also healed. Come on. And we start to grow. And as we start to grow, we start to mature so that one day we will not just do the works of Jesus, but we will also do the greater works, the works he promised that we would do. And with every experience and with our obedience, we're filled with more glory. Experience and obedience obedience. We're filled with more glory because we're called to host, the glory of God. Not a passing glory. But an ever-increasing glory. Now again, let's just break it down. What is this glory? Come on. The glory is whatever emanates from God. Heaven is full of glory because heaven's full of God. Come on. Whatever... Whenever God manifests his presence, it carries glory. So whenever the the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit is revealed, come on, glory is revealed. When Moses said, God, show me your glory, he says, then I will let my goodness pass before your eyes. Because the goodness of God reveals the glory of God. Come on. Glory is the magnificence of God. When we have glory, nothing else is needed because All the glory contains all sufficiency of who he is. It is his splendor. It is his majesty. It reveals him as he is. So he takes the guys up there and goes like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is really what I look like. (laughs) It's like, like, woo, let's build some temples. Let's stay here. (laughs) He's like, this is Awesome. And he says, okay, now that you've seen that, let's go down there. And let's make that happen down there. That's really what he's saying. He's just like, I, I, I want you to enter into this thing. Because this is the promise of 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, we are the children of God now. And what we shall be has not yet appeared. Hmm. Why? Because we haven't seen him yet. But... We know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Beholding his glory transfigures us into who we are to be, which is to be like him. Come on to be like him, to love like him, to become love, to become life, to become the goodness of God on the earth, manifesting freedom. Come on. I so thank you for going out to those people who live in that park and showing them what glory looks like. Thank you. Thank you. Beholding his glory transfigures us. Glory is meant to connect us to the heart and the temple of God. Do you know that the University of, of, of Colorado at Boulder, did a study, and they found that, that when people were fond, had, had affection, love for one another, and they held hands, their heartbeats started to match. Their heart rates would beat at the same beat, and their breath would start to match. Some of you guys right now just start like, it's fine. <laughs> and that's what beholding the glory does. It's just like, Jesus, I just want to see you. I just want to know you, and as you do, your heart starts to match what's in his heart. That's why I say, come on, that none should perish. That's why this, 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 this whole thing, this, because listen, it's not about getting people in the park to pray a prayer. It's about getting people in the park to, to, to understand that they're called, that they're, 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 they've been loved, and so they've been invited into a family where they can grow into the image and the likeness of him. That's discipleship. And when we learn how to host the glory... Then all the earth would start to manifest. Come on. What is happening in heaven? What is happening in heaven? Jesus, Jesus did that. He said, let's pray, that the, pray, pray, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there's a people who's going to host the glory because they know what the will of God looks like. They know what the goodness of God looks like. They know what the grace of God looks like. And they start to host that presence by being present with him. And this happens, come on, when we enter into what Paul says, that we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. In other words, we're in a process of being transformed into his image. Because what happened in the beginning, God made man and and woman in his image, but we fell from the image. We felt sin brought us away from the image. And he's saying, I'm restoring you. To the image. a <sighs> Mount Sinai, glory comes and writes a law on tablets of stone. And What Paul is bringing out here is this. That now in the new covenant, God is writing on our hearts. Hearts of flesh, his ways. And hearts of flesh, who he is and his ways which is a fulfillment of a prophetic word that Ezekiel gave in chapter 11 verse 19And I will give them an undivided heart and put them a new spirit, put a new spirit in them and I will remove from their heart the heart of their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. What is that day? That's the day that Jesus would come die on a cross, resurrect and go sit at the right hand of the Father that we may be in him and that he would be in us. And that day has come when we become the hope of glory On the earth. Colossians 2, Colossians 1 27. To them, God chose to make known his great how great among the Gentiles are the riches of his glory, of this mystery. What's the mystery? Which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Come on, we are not just in Jesus, which we are. And in him, I am a son, I'm an heir, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, 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 I'm beloved, I'm all these things. But wow, Christ and me, what does that look like? Woo! And if you don't know what that looks like, go to fathershouseportland.org, click on sermons, and there is a series called Christ and Me. If you've never heard it, you've got to understand, that's what this church is pursuing. So go, so go, there's about four messages, I think, five messages. Christ and me, they're videos, actually, so you can see videos and all that stuff and kind of watch the journey of our church go through different buildings. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, it's, it, it is really about who Christ is in me. <sighs> wow. Because it all comes from glory. Because it all comes from him. Because Christ in us is the glory to be released from us. Come on. This is the treasure Paul speaks about in earthen vessels and these bodies. This is the treasure that we have. Christ in me. That's crazy. It's crazy. You and I host the maker of the universe. You and I host the one who walks with Moses and Daniel and, 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 and all the prophets and the apostles. And guys, honestly, it makes what Moses had look like no glory at all. That's what Paul is saying. It's like, hey, as cool as I was, that's nothing. That's nothing compared. So how do I engage with the glory? How do I engage with the glory? Because if if what we're saying is, Lord, pour out your glory fire on us, what does this glory look like? How do I engage with that? I need to, first of all, acknowledge what he's done already. Acknowledge that he has bought me with a great price. And he has seated me with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Come on. Acknowledge that what he has done for us right now. Right now, the Holy Spirit is in us. And because he's in us, Christ is in us. Come on. Because Jesus says, I will come back and I will be in you. I will be with you. And he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. Says, I'm I'm leaving. but I'll be right back. And I'll be in you. (laughs) And if we don't do this... This is how we pray, pray a lot of pointless prayers. Oh, God, send revival. This is, I did. He's in you. I, I spoke at a conference and, and talked about what this church is doing. And they're all like, whoa, we've been praying for these things for years, and we didn't know they were happening. Because people are stuck. In this place of like not engaging with the glory of God, not engaging with Christ in us, thinking that revival is something that that comes and happens rather than something that we loose on the earth. Come on, come on. Our prayer should be that we would enter into the glory that he's already given to us. Lord, Lord, I know you've already given, it's already provided. Jesus said it is finished, and so therefore, if it is finished, Lord, I want to enter into what's been finished. Hmm. Understanding that Jesus in me activates the glory. Because what did Jesus says? Father, the glory you've given me, I've given to them. And all those who believe in their word. Come on. Come on, he was just speaking about the apostles. You could read that, that prayer of Jesus. He says, I'm, I'm praying for those that they will reach, that which is you and me. And to enter into this, this glory, is, it's just really about oneness with Jesus. Can I just say that? If I can demystify this whole thing, you know, like, oh, glory of God. Just say, Jesus, you're, I know you're here. I want to commune with you. You know, you know. I told the devil, I said, you're going to be sorry you put me down. Because I've gotten more revelation. More impartation. I'm laying there in the bed, and the Lord just wakes me up in the morning. He says, hey. And I'm like, hey. And he's been telling me crazy stuff. Good stuff. There's a oneness that brings his Glory. And that oneness looks like this. Jesus, I just want to do what you're doing. I just want to say what you're saying. And I may miss it a lot. But, Lord, I know you'll give me grace to get there. To understand, Lord, that I already carry glory because I already carry you. Now, Satan doesn't, isn't going to stand by and say, ooh, okay, you guys do that. No, he's going to come. He's going to try to mess with us. You know, you know, he, how he does that? He messes with your thoughts, he messes with your emotions, he messes with your intellect. Come on, because he doesn't say, I don't want you to go into that transformation stuff, because that's, that's going to mess my world. Yeah. Come on. Because the battle in our mind is a battle for destiny. Amen, right? It's a battle for destiny. It's a battle for the purposes of God that we were called to fulfill, and it's fought by the way we think, which affects the way we see. Hmm. So our thoughts determine our approach in life. And, and Satan, and we've talked a lot about that. Boy, you can just go on our website and get all kinds of, like, like teaching on, on, on the thought life and overcoming and taking down strongholds and all that kind of stuff. But Satan often tries to us by our own intellect. we don't talk about that one a lot. You know, like, like, like trying to figure out the kingdom with human logic, okay? Like, okay, if it took five loaves and fishes to feed 5,000 how many is it gonna to take to feed 6,000? Let's figure that out. Let's do the math. Seriously, we kinda of do that. I mean, I'm so exaggerated, but we do that with God. When we see things, we're just like, well, what this means must mean this. The kingdom of God doesn't work with percentages or averages, it only works with what's presented and available. It works by faith, which means I'm gonna risk. I'm going to risk that he's going to fulfill his word even though this doesn't look like that other thing that looked like that. I'm going to risk this thing. You see, this is why the kingdom doesn't work the way we think, because he, he fed with, with seven loaves, he fed 4,000. And with five loaves, he fed 5,000. So the math is never going to make any sense to you guys. So give it up. So said, like, God, I don't enter into the kingdom by my intellect I enter it by my surrender and my faith. You see, God doesn't look at things as the way we look at them because we tend to look at things as natural and supernatural, spiritual and physical. And God's sitting in heaven, like, really? Because everything's natural to me. <laughs> it's all natural to Him. Come on. I believe there's a day coming where we are going to, when everything supernatural is just going to feel so natural for us. It's just going to be like so, na- and it's, start- it's starting to feel that way. I could see the process already happening in this church. Like we tell testimony, everybody goes, of course. Because it's natural. Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians here, 3, that God has more glory for us now than what Moses experienced. More glory for you, Tammy, than what Moses experienced. Is that not crazy? Is that not crazy? but one of the reasons we don't experience it sometimes is because we tend to push every promise into the future we tend to push prophetic words way out there one day God's going to do this you know one day the glory of God will fill all the earth as the waters will cover the sea I think that day will come and there's a generation that says come on Lord God let's get it done now in our day because we volunteer in the day of your power we tend to push into the future what God has for us now. Come on. And I believe that that's the time why we need this boldness, this confidence that he's speaking about. Come on, look at verse 12. He speaks of this. He says, therefore, since we have such a hope, we're bold. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Seriously, every Wednesday night, we don't get very far without the first miracle. It just kind of happens that way. Right? You guys, I go, we just go out. I go out a couple weeks ago and I hear Julia do that. Yeah! I was like, what happened? He goes, he just got healed. <laughs> we're praying for this business over here. And this last week, we're praying for this business over here. And we're just blessing all the Christian businesses. And, and this lady walks up. And, I mean, um, uh, yeah, the lady comes in and says, hey, we're praying for you. Do you guys want to pray? He goes, no. And then we're walking away. And this guy chases his dad and says, were you praying for where I work? Yeah, pray for me. man, he had an encounter with God. He got healed. Woo! Come on. Where am I here? What's up there? (laughs) Yeah, the hope thing. Hebrews, Hebrews 11 tells us that faith is the assurance of hope. And hope is the evidence that the things we don't see are true. The things that God says, but we have not yet seen. That's why I say that in this coming move of God, there's things we, we have not yet seen. They're about to appear. They're about to appear. <sighs> Come on. And with that confidence, what does that confidence do? It, makes, it focuses my eyes back on Jesus. He can do this. He's got this. He got this. Verse 16 tells us that when everybody turns to the Lord, the veil is turned, it's turned away. It's taken away. Some people say, oh, God, take away my veil so I can see you. And he's saying, look at me. If you look at me, the veil will be taken away. Come on. The veil will be taken away when you look at him. Come on, come on, come on. Here is how the veil is lifted. When I make a heart decision to say, God, whatever conceals your glory, I want that gone. And I want to see you. I want to see you, so I'm going to turn to you until I see you. till I see you, and I'm transfigured into what I see. See, God wants us to be born of the Spirit Amen. so that our heart is being transformed. We're not born of the mind because the, our mind needs to be renewed in Christ. After we come to him, that's the very thing. first things that God starts to work, is I need to renew your mind, how you think, how you view things, because it, because we have been in an unregenerate world that views things and sees things totally from this place of wickedness and darkness. But the glory transforms the heart when it encounters the glory, which is who? Jesus. Verse 17. And now the Spirit, where the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I believe that in the last days, God's people will be recognized because of the freedom that they walk in. Amen. Come on. Of oh, the freedom that they walk in. This last Wednesday, this, this girl got de- totally delivered and she started dancing and shouting and screaming because she had freedom. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Francis Schaefer says this, freedom is not having the right, the right to do whatever you want. Freedom is having the ability to do what's right. Well, suddenly, because you gaze upon Jesus as, oh man, even though I know this thing's hard to do, I know that his grace in me will work and I will be able to do all the things that he's, he desires me to do. I'm able to accomplish more than I could think or ask because he works in me by the power of the Spirit. Therefore, I have the freedom Amen. to choose the right thing and do the right thing. It's freedom to do what is right because my heart is being transfigured by the glory of Jesus. And it longs to reflect his values on the earth. Let's read verse 18 again. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up here. Here's what I see. As we encounter the Lord... We begin; we will begin to see, and seeing is discerning. Amen. This is why this discernment. What we actually held it back, saying, "Well, a lot of people need people need to do this because we need to develop discernment, which is the ability to know what to do, to know what is at work, to know how to how to rightly divide." And this happens as we behold Him, and as we begin to to fix our gaze upon him he unlocks transfiguration in us. This is not something I have to kind of strive for it's something that I just enter into by faith saying Jesus though I want to see you as you are. I want a fresh revelation of you. I want to read the word of God and I want it to become alive in my heart and in my spirit and in that glory we begin to cross over into the realms of God into the third heaven rather than be bound by this first earth and everything being limited or the second how heaven, which just, we just it affects our emotions, and, and we're all emotional about everything because we walk into an atmosphere, it's like, oh, yuck. Because you're supposed to be walking into that yuck atmosphere and have the glory of God chase that atmosphere out. All right. So if we learn how to access the host of glory, the Lord of glory, we will begin, it will begin to transform us to reflect the glory. And here's what the glory does for us. It mirrors what we're supposed to look like. Because as we behold him and see him as he is, John says, then we become like him. Some of us are just like, I don't know who I am. You need to behold Jesus. You need to behold Jesus. That's who you are supposed to be like. It's a mirror. You thought that something, something different. You look in the mirror. You look at like, okay, God, you must see all my sins and all my failures and all my struggles. And don't you know that the Father sees you through the glory of Jesus? He sees you already finished. He sees you already perfected. He knows that you're in process. He's not blind to that. But he knows what you're called to. And he's working all things together for your good, for your transformation, for your transfiguration. So we got to stop seeing ourselves according to the flesh because the Father does not see us that way. He sees us according to Jesus and what he's accomplished because we were made in his image. Therefore, we were made to live in the glory. The glory is our home. The glory is our home. The manifest of glory, the presence of God is our home. And the more we enter into that glory, he says, Jesus, teach me how to host your presence, how to be present with you. And what do I mean by that? How do I host the presence? It's being present with him in my thoughts throughout my day, in my my thinking, in, in my intentions. It's like, okay, Jesus, you're here. I'm with you. You're with me. What do you think about this? What's in your heart about this other thing? Like, what should I have for lunch? You know, sometimes he tells me. Sometimes it's says, have what you want. <laughs> but it's fun. I'm not being weird. It's called relationship. It's called relationship. And by the way, God doesn't tell you to do stupid things. And how do you know? If it's stupid, you run it past somebody who says, boy, that, that, that does not sound like God. Back off. <laughs> just, just let you know. Jesus is coming back, he says, for a glorious church. Not a church that needs to escape. But a glorious church that is, that is filled with the glory of the Lord. So what does that glorious church look like? It looks what Ephesians 1 talks about. Come on, do I have that? Ephesians 1? Nope. Okay, it says this, that the church is his body, the fullness, the completeness of him who fills all in all. So when we start to say, I'm part of that body and I carry Jesus, when I go someplace, I fill that place with him because I'm present with him in that place. And here's what I'm trying to get to you guys. Let's start being present with the glory that abides in us. One of the problems, (laughs) again... Is that we tend to see Jesus like you know the gospel Jesus the before the resurrection and glorification of Jesus you know, all right, but who Jesus the apostles that Jesus procru- prophet you know declared was a different Jesus. It was a risen, glorious King Jesus. Did you know that when the when the when the Vikings first heard the gospel and they saw Jesus always on a cross, they said, "Your God's powerless. Your God's dead." But then they heard that he overcame death and hell. They heard, and they're like, whoa, we're joining his side because we're all about conquering. (laughs) And all those Nordic nations became Christian because they heard the gospel of a glorified king. And we need to remember that that's who lives in us. When God asked his house to host his presence, he was asking, will you host my glory in this neighborhood, in this city? He said, will you raise up the water level of my presence? Far above all evil intentions of men. And how do we do that? We do it by enthroning him. In Ezekiel 40, I believe, it talks about the throne of God, the temple of God, and it says that from the north side, out of the throne of God flows the river. Yeah. And that river increases, increases. First there's water that I could like, like, like splash in, then it's water that I could swim in. And then there's water that carries many fish. Mm-hmm. And it speaks about this harvest. Read that. It all starts with the throne of God. When we enthrone him, like we did today, we release a river of his presence. We release a river of his power. We release a river of his glory. Not everything, when his glory shows up, will be familiar. Okay? Because with every move of God, people are going, like, what? What's going on with that? Right? Every move of God. People are like, from Azusa Street to the Second Awakening, all these things. People are like, wow, that has got to be crazy. It can't be a God. People, God would never make people do that or whatever. See, our points can look strange at first because God's revealing a new part of his glory, a new dimension of who he is. Listen, when he shows up to his disciples after his resurrection, they're on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus shows up and walks with them, and they, they got no clue who he is. They don't recognize him because the glory came in a different form. hmm Glory came in a different form. But I believe that there's a house and there's a people that says, Lord, whatever form the glory comes in, we don't want to miss out. We want to see the fullness of who you are. We want to see, Lord God, all that you are and who, Lord God, we are called to contain. And by hosting, I mean that we host him like I've been talking about. That I've constantly att- attention attended to his spirit in me. Wow. Because it is Christ. It is not it. The glory really comes when there's a people who says, it's not I who lives. It's not the I. I'm gonna, I, 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 I. It's not I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And that Christ who lives in you loves you so much that you'll see things you never thought you'd see. Shh. What he has, we can't pull it off. I want the band to come up. What he he has, we cannot pull it off. We can't make these things happen by by the work of our flesh, but we can sure offer up our lives and say, God, there are terms we hear like fire and like glory, but God, what we really want to see is you. Jesus We want to behold your glory. The glory of the only begotten son. Hmm. Some people sometimes wonder in the desert because... They attempted to fulfill their destiny in their, with old manner, like Moses did. He, he, was raised, he was raised to know that he was going to become a deliverer. And he tried to become a deliverer by his own strength and killed the Egyptian. And it ends up 40 years in the desert hiding out. Come on. But the glory, the glory was still there for him. And the glory shows up in the form of a burning bush that is not consumed because God's fire doesn't need other fuel. It just needs something present to say, fall on me and I'll burn with you. And sometimes the Lord will do that. He will strip us of our own man-made strength to get us back to a place where we now depend on his strength. Yes. And some of us have been working through this desert season. Come on, I'm gonna just close your eyes. You've been working through a desert season, and you kind of wonder, is there more for me? Is there more for me? And I'm prophesying to you, there is so much more glory than you can imagine. There's so much more, there's so much more. Because it's not by your works; it is by my grace. The Lord, right now, He's deepening the well. He's deepening the well. He's, some of us have been like, "Man, it feels like I, it's just like God's been just like carving things." Why? Because He's like, "I want you to contain more. I want you to contain more. I want you to make room for more." So here's the thing: Do we want to see Him? as he is do we want to behold him do we want to host him if we do if we do i believe god is going to start showing up in ways that are unusual and are special and you're gonna to start to realize, wow, he's here. He's constantly here. He's constantly here. I don't have to, I don't, I don't even have to worship for a half hour to connect with him. He's here. As wonderful as worshiping for a half hour is, and I love to do it. But I, I, I just wake up, and the first thing I did say is, Good morning. Good morning. And he just starts talking. Because my heart and my attention starts turning towards him. And I believe right now that the Lord wants to lead us into fresh encounters with his glory, fresh encounters with his presence, fresh encounters with his thing. Here's the thing. If we have to depend on church services to have these encounters, then we're going to be so limited. Come on. We're going to be so limited. The Lord is saying, I want you to come to this service to grow your capacity of faith to live in that all week long. If you want that, stand to your feet. Just gonna start praying over you Just start lifting your hands right now if you desire to know the glory to behold him as he is and say jesus i desire to know you as you are i desire to know you not as i imagined you to be but the glory that you carry lord i want that i want you to see your goodness Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, right now, Lord. I release the fresh spirit of revelation. I loose revelation over you. I loose it over you right now by the power of the Spirit. Whoa, Jesus, we behold you. We behold you. I hear the Lord saying, behold, I make all things new. There's some people who said, man, I've made a mess of some stuff lately. And the Lord is saying, yes, you did. But I make all things new. I make all things new. If you will fix your eyes upon me, I will lead you. I will guide you. I will restore you. I will renew you. I will reinvent you. Woo! The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed you. He has anointed you. Come on. Come on. The fire with the fire is the anointing for the breakthrough. Come on. The fire carries the anointing for the breakthrough. And the glory understands what to do with the breakthrough. Whoa. Jesus. Yeah. So I want to just do this. Because it all flows from the throne. We're going to present our lives as a living sacrifice and say, God, yes, when we all gather together as a family, we create a throne for you in our city, but Jesus, I don't want to walk away from that throne. I want my life to be a throne for you. I want to carry the throne of God within me. So let's sing this song, Be a Throne as we sing the high praises of god i believe that, the, that there's a there's god is saying i'm building a throne in, my, in your heart i'm building a place that i can sit with you and talk to you and decree things even the things you have not heard or seen yet mm. come on
1: me enthroned upon the praises a thousand generations you are worthy Lord of all Unto you The slain and risen King we lift Our voice to heaven Singing worthy Lord Of all Be drawn upon The praises of A thousand generations You are worthy Lord You, the slain and risen King, we lift our voice to heaven, sing. Thank
0: you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that you made your home in us. And your home, Lord God, is your throne in us. As we enthrone you as our King, we also walk with you as our all in all. Reveal to us, Jesus, Holy Spirit, that we may see the glory that we carry and be transfigured and transformed into the image of that glory by the power of your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org.